millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hawksby Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup podcast, back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And today we'll look back on the last 48 hours in guitar, which for me feels like 48 years, with experts from both Spain and Japan. Plus, we'll learn how the England boys are filling their downtime when they're not rolling coins into forks. We'll view the tournament through Martin Keogh's oh, red yeah. and white prism. <laughs> and we'll discover uh, what one of the world's greatest players currently has in common with your name. Oh, I can't wait. I know exactly what you're going to say about Martin, because it was yes. in the uh, Croatia game, wasn't it? It certainly was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're gonna, so anyway, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's look back. We weren't with you. We, uh, we left you with Charlie Baker, fresh from uh, the England game on Friday evening. So uh, we'll do have a whistle-stop tour through uh, yesterday. Any of the things we noticed? And Saturday, did... I think you'll find that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you? I did say that. Yeah. Did you watch um, Australia, Tunisia, Andy? I'm sure. No, did. I didn't. Okay. Well, that's uh, we won't spend too long on that. They were dancing in the streets of Melbourne. I can tell you that it was a good result for them, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, Poland, Saudi, notable really for the old Chesney double save. He's never been my favourite player. When he was at Arsenal, he's always sticking it to Tottenham, but I can't deny that uh, that was a brilliant save from the pen, especially the second one. It's like the old school thing that you do as a drill, as a goalkeeper, isn't it? Where you you go and you save it, and then you've got to get up again to save the next one. So. I read about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not even watching the highlights. Oh, no, I can't be bothered. Three minutes of your life no, to no, know what's too happening. much. And uh, I was out last night for a lovely dinner, but then I got sort of lots of messages from people in Argentina, and then my Spanish because I'd, I'd t- recorded the game and I was going to watch it when I came back, and uh, she sent me a gif of Messi celebrating the goal. I couldn't find one of Harry Maguire heading away corner after corner. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yes, I knew what had happened to that sport, that one. But never mind. Yeah. I mean, I sent you a message. I didn't know whether you were in or not. So I sent you a message at half time saying it was a bit of a dog with fleas and Argentina were terrible. But of course, yeah. you know, up steps the man. And this it is, was a great second goal as well. This is a World Cup of second halves. This is, it really yeah. is. You might as well not bother with the first 45 minutes of any game. Well, the, yeah. uh, up until this morning, there was a stat, wasn't there? I don't know if I can find it. So uh, I think just. Uh, I think as the lunchtime game kicked off, out of the 26 World Cup games so far, there have been 14 nil-nils at halftime. <laughs> yeah, that's course, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bit frustrating. But, um, oh, yeah, something to, that came out of the Argentina game on Saturday, Andy, was at one point Joe Cole um, was talking through an incident and he either called Mark Pugach 
Poogers or Poogs. <laughs> Poogers. Now, I don't know what his nickname is. Maybe we, 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 like we know Mark well enough to maybe get a message into him, but is he known as Poogs or Poogers? And if so, what does he prefer? I call him Poogers, and I've got some breaking news. He's flying back to England, actually, to lead the campaign against Eddie Jones. <laughs> I think he is. As you, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know Andy feels that Mark is much more a rugby man, based on absolutely nothing, nothing at all. Nothing Clearly at all. wrong, but uh, he's got it in his head. and He's, uh, he's, he's a very good presenter. I was watching him last night, I have to say that. Andy, can you tell me what the, the, the thing is? I've, with Argentinian fans, they've got this thing, they, they wave one hand in the air, this kind yeah. of odd, like they're trying to uh, hail a cab. It's sort of like, it's a bit, it's a bit sort of fascist. fascist it's not, it's not though, is it? It's not political. It does feel it. With, you know, it's not political, but when you're no, doing it's it a in bent, the stadium, it's, it's it does a murally. Feel like... It's a, it's a bent arm, yeah, isn't it? I mean, it like, they kind of just wave this. <laughs> and what do they say? What, why is it about that? You've spent time. No, over I there. don't know. I, I could find out for you, but I don't yeah. actually know that is the honest answer. I've, I've done it myself. Do it, they? Yeah. They all do it. It's, they all uh, stay behind. You notice they stayed behind like for over an hour. And they're yeah. still That's another common thing they do. They, Whenever we'll your mate in Buenos Aires, find out what I will do. He'll probably say nothing. It's just celebrating. It's but, something uh, we do. We haven't talked oh, about. Oh, God. Yes, Oh, sorry, yep. I was going to say France, Denmark. That was the other uh, sandwich yesterday on uh, on Saturday, and um, Juice Fontaine. I was thinking about because Giroud's about to break Thierry Henry's record, and Mbappe was level with Juice Fontaine and Pape. Mm. And I was thinking after he got thirteen goals in one World Cup, Juice Fontaine in nineteen fifty eight. Why did he not build on that? Did he go off the boil? I didn't realise that he had to retire four years later. Because I met him, actually. I, he, I know. Well, no, he, he did a Phoenix. He did a Phoenix from the Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gave me a card that was signed. It had all his 13 goals on it. Well. And it said, best wishes, Juice Fontaine, which I've still got. So he got 13 goals in those matches. He finished, he retired in 1962 with 30 goals in 21 games. So you'd think, and he, that, he would have been, what, 29 at that point. So he probably would have had a two or three more years. He probably would have been the record goal scorer, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, what can you do? Yeah. What can you do? What can you, what can, look, <laughs> so he can't him. play now. He is still alive. with us. Is he still with us? Yeah, oh, he's still with us. Old Juice. Oh, yeah. Not two different stories. No, not two different stories. Very much, very much. Well, <laughs> when they say on Wikipedia is, I'm working on the basis that he's an is and not a was. And if he's listening, it's so unfortunate he didn't break the record. What's the chances Juice Fontaine listening to this podcast? <laughs> he likes it. Actually. Did he speak English when you did the Phoenix from the phone? Oh yeah, no, no, he did speak. Oh, he did. English. Oh, oh yeah. maybe he is then. Maybe he's maybe he calls him Poogers or Poogs. <laughs> Who knows? As I say, we haven't talked about the refs' names on the back of the shirts. Have you seen this thing? No, every referee, you have a look. Every referee, Oliver had his name on the back. Their last name, you know. So I've, I've actually asked Adrian to go to the FIFA club shop and get me one. <laughs> Who'd want that? Wouldn't you want an Anthony Taylor one? I know you're oh, a big fan. He's oh, got yeah. games. Wouldn't you love an Anthony Taylor oh, okay. Yeah, I'll ask him to get me an Anthony Taylor. That's good. And you could wear it for matches, and he might start giving you some decisions, mightn't he? That would be <laughs> yeah, nice. That's true. That uh, Adrian went to four games yesterday with Jim yeah, Proudfoot. Him Jim. Him and Jim Proudfoot, yeah. Oh, God. He loves it, doesn't he? But there well, you if, you're there, you, if, if you're there and you can, why wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And um, uh, what else have we got here? I didn't watch Belgium against Morocco. I saw okay. the highlights. Zia, he's not bad actually when he when he actually tries. And who knew he had a right foot? Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I just I, I was looking at uh, De Ketelara as well. The yeah. the um, Milan Belgium. Yeah, and uh, it struck me a bit like Patrick Bamford. He doesn't look like a footballer, does he? Um, 
you see what I mean? I look at him, he doesn't just know, doesn't. I, mean, I don't I know what a footballer looks like, but I, I know the Catalara doesn't look like one. I can't picture him. I need to have a no, look. Having, at yeah, you probably never. Have you heard of him, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> the police he's got, like. He's kind of tall. He's got the Patrick Bamford haircut. I imagine he's also a grade eight violin. I imagine the two of them would be brilliant together. Oh, yeah, he doesn't look like a footballer at all. He looks a bit like Kaká, doesn't he? He's got a bit of a Kaká look about him. He's got a bit of a Kaká look about him. (laughs) Although he seems to have dyed his hair grey, either that or it's been a long old World Cup for him so far, and Leandro Trossard. Um, Beyond that, uh, did you you watch Japan Costa Rica? You did, because we're going to be hearing from a guest. Yes, I watched a bit of that, yeah, so we talked about that. Did you like the story from Clive about Yeltsin Tejeda? The player, it was the Costa Rican player whose mum uh, called him Yeltsin because um, when Yeltsin was the uh, uh, premier of uh, Russia, she liked the name. Did she? <laughs> what bizarre thing That's to do. Crazy. When you're naming be worse. Yel- let's call him Yeltsin. <laughs> yeah. Could have been Putin. Could have been worse. Could have been. That's true. <laughs> and um, what else? Yeah, well, let's talk about Martin Keogh because uh, we should talk about this game. Yeah, he's red and white prism. Well, there, there was a moment he yeah. said, um, Perisic, not quite the player he was. And he was desperate to add, well, I certainly hope not because he plays for Spurs now. That's what Martin wanted to say, but he checked himself. So what does Perisic do? Two excellent assists to set up two of the goals. goals. He's a brilliant player. That's ridiculous. In that one moment, I think Steve Wilson, he said, Kamal Miller, not to be confused with Liam Miller. I said, well, why would you? They're different people with different names. What's the point? Oh, they're not completely different names, in well, fairness to Steve. No, but, you know, obviously, I suppose not. And uh, uh, there was a perimeter ad for Visit Saudi. Yeah, now, you're right. <laughs> I you could have be. scrawled that in pen underneath it, Andy, if you were there. <laughs> the, uh, they love to put, they, they love a perceived slight, don't they, Croatia? I mean, John Herman oh, got a that's bit, true. He got a bit excited, didn't he? And he said, we're going to F create the Croatia. I mean, look. Yeah. It, it, look, he it, it maybe shouldn't have said it. It wasn't, but they just seized on it. I mean, it's Canada. It wasn't yeah, Germany who said it, or Italy, or Spain. They're or really France chippy. Or... They did it against us, didn't they? Yeah, they, 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 yeah. I mean, basically because people were singing it coming home. They saw that as a perceived <laughs> slight. So they do. They are the home of the perceived slight. I don't know what that is in <laughs> Serbo Croat. But I, I watched the game with my Croatian friend, so the, the, he was very excited. Did, did he feel slighted by John? I Herman? think. Well, he's very proud. You know, he's very proud because they are. You know, they're only four million. And they produce these brilliant footballers. Yeah. So you. Know, now, he's very proud. The yeah. Moroccan goalie who sang the national anthem but didn't start the game. I was thinking, yeah. is he a better singer than the other keeper? Is that why they have him there? <laughs> no, he, he was taken ill after singing oh, was the he? anthem. Oh, sorry. He probably, sang was it, he? So, he probably was ill with gusto. <laughs> Can you be ill of gusto? You can, you can, I mean, he sang it with such gusto that he had. <laughs> he was spent. It was like Jane, um, James Brown being led from the stage. <laughs> he was, yeah, he, so much gusto had gone into it. <laughs> They should have got Gusto Poet on, shouldn't yeah, they? they should really? have done. Uh, B in sports, I've got their lineup for today. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's Ronald DeBurr, yeah. John Terry, and special mm. guest Jacob Reese Mogg. Okay. <laughs> I think you're starting to make these up. <laughs> no, Ronald DeBurr and John Terry yeah. is correct. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, have you seen Neymar's ankle? Have you yes. seen the state of it? Oh, it's Big bad. ballooned it? up. And it's the only time Neymar's going to have the same ankles as your nan. <laughs> the only time it's ever gone. When you go around your nan's house, you say, hello, nan, how are you? Yeah. Oh, hello, love. 
Oh, my ankle. Oh, my, all my ankle. Look at my ankles, like balloons. They've all swollen up. It's, war, it's all water, the doctor says. Yeah, giving me okay. some tablets. The only time you'll look down at Neymar's legs and, and you'll be reminded of your old nan. I hope he's wearing a pair of those big slippers that your nan wears, like a boot halfway up the leg. Apparently, he's, uh, I think Tim Vickery was saying, that's it. He's not going to play the rest of the World Cup. Really? He's out. So wow. I don't know if that's true, but... Uh, you know, what can you do? You you never stop in the World Cups. You, you do like you notice Perisic and you never stop looking at your current players or your old players. I thought no. Kovacic was brilliant today, actually. He had a wonderful game. But uh, Maratta, honestly, it was a great goal. But that's absolutely <laughs> typical. He's great when he doesn't have to think about it. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. The minute he had, there was a classic example late on when he was in. And of course, he, you knew he was never going to score. It was a good, it. That was a good Schlotterbeck's tackle, was it? For a bloke that had just yeah. come on cold, that was a great tackle. It there was. was some good. If you're a fan of tackling, that Goretzka tackle at the end, where Sane went in. I mean, yeah. there was. If you're a fan of a tackle, there were some corkers in <laughs> I'm there. A fan of a some tackle. corkers in there today. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about Spain. Uh, Alvaro Romeo, uh, Spanish football expert, is going to join us, and we'll look at their. Ch- I mean, look, uh, we'll, we'll come on to uh, how they're uh, fixed for the rest of the tournament, oh, yeah. and we're going to talk a bit of Japan as well. Alan Gibson joins us from the J Soccer magazine over a man who's lived in Japan for many years. He's got some interesting stuff to tell us. We'll be honest, we spoke to him earlier today. We did. Because of the time difference um, and before the Spain-Germany game happened. So anyway, it should all make sense. He had some very interesting stuff to say uh, about the Japanese team on and off the field. Um, Only other thing is, Andy, uh, England-wise, we did mention the other day the guys have been keeping themselves amused the way that kids often do in quite low-tech ways, rolling coins into the into forks, um, into the teeth of forks, and uh, yeah. that's where they've also been playing a game apparently called uh, Calvin Phillips called Wolf. It's a card game called Wolf. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Now, see, I've tried to look it up. I put in a Google card game Wolf, and there are two different games. One is actually called Werewolf which is a kind of strategy game where you, you basically have to well, choose your It sides. won't be that one. <laughs> well, the other one is a kind of high-end trivia game, which Mensa recommend, called The Game of Wolf. Oh, really? So, um, again, well, I think we might need a Not bit the of clarity. Not the bloke on fantasy football. No, no we, might need, we might need a bit of clarity on which one it is, but uh, they've been playing that, apparently. That's the, uh, that's the big game of the moment. Oh, so it's good to see cards are back. I hope they're not playing for... 20 grand oh, yeah, exactly. uh, hand on the back of the coach because that always worked well for England. Oh, yeah, that's always been a success. Yeah. It was good to see New England manager Maurizio Pochettino uh, as one of the guests today. You think that was uh, him? Just, yeah, it could well be. Yeah. And uh, did you like Hansi Flick, uh, no socks, white trainers with his suit? And he's part of a new reality show called The Only Way is Heidelberg, which is, which is on soon on German telly. But, that's going to uh, be good. Yes, interesting look there. For, I have got uh, a question about carer. Does oh, he get yeah. an allowance? <laughs> I'd like to think, well, I imagine, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think he does. Yeah, I'd like to think does. he does, Annie. We can, Alan, uh... Alan Shearer, though, he's not a great co-commentator, yeah. is he really? At one point, I think it was Steve Wilson or Guy Mowbray. Now we've got a game in our hands. It'll really open up. And about 30 seconds later, Alan Shearer goes, no, we've got a game in our hands. It'll really open up. You think, you just said that, hey. <laughs> Surely you heard him say that. Oh. You're not great, but stick to the studio, Alan, I'd say. But there we go. <laughs> okay, well, there we are. High praise indeed there from, from Andy Jacobs. <laughs> I've so, got one final note. Well, one final note. Here we go. I used to like football. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you think football wasn't made to be played four times a day? Is that what you're saying? I don't think it was really, but there you go. You're getting fatigue. You're getting fatigue, are you? It's bad. It's been bad today, really. But it's, <laughs> it's been game. bad. Oh, it's been bad today. I had to watch four <laughs> games of football. Oh, the humanity! I couldn't watch Strictly. Oh, it's it's just a disaster. But never mind. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah, all you know. This is a football. I mean, do make do do your Strictly podcast later with somebody <laughs> else. Really. Anton de Beck. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, also, finally, oh, from me. Oh, yeah. Okay, I go on. Then this. one more. This, have you seen this a, a stat? It's called the spin rate of the ball. Like there was a goal scored, yeah. it was a lovely goal, and the spin rate was five point eight six RPMs. You think, hey, who cares and who counts it? Yeah, why would it? Says Andy. Andy choking. I'm choking. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Talksport. Well, Japan, Costa Rica earlier on uh, today, the 10 o'clock kickoff. Of course, Andy is right across that one. And um, yeah, shot 1 0. Victory for Costa Rica, the only shot they've had in two games so far. And uh, we caught up with a guy called Alan Gibson. He, uh, he is a, a journalist for J Soccer magazine. I think he launched the magazine. He's lived in Japan for years, knows practically all the players who are playing for Japan today and has interviewed them over the years. And uh, we, we did it straight after the match because of the time difference. Had we done it uh, when we're recording... This evening on Sunday would have been about one, two in the morning. So I think he, I think he was ready for bed by that point. But uh, so we didn't know the result of the Spain um, Germany game, but uh, he gave us his thoughts on Japan's performance and the story of the tournament for them so far. Uh, I'm very, very, very disappointed. After the Germany game, um, 
went exactly to plan, I think. Um, it looked like they were going for the draw in this one and um, they didn't get it, did they? You know, one, one defensive error and suddenly they had a goal to make up and uh, they couldn't do it. I wonder why they didn't go for it, Alan. They should have gone for a bit more, shouldn't they? I think they should, to be honest. Um, after the, I think, you know, most of the world probably expects Japan to lose against Germany. So uh, the, the, the fact that they won, I think, maybe messed up the mind of the manager thinking, I've got three points ready, what do I do now? Um, and it, it really did look like he was going for a try. He made five changes. I think the, the right back, Miki Yamane, came in for Hiroki Sakai. Sakai was injured in the last game, but he was on the... He was on the sidelines today, so I think Yamane would have been uh, an excellent choice at uh, a right wing back if they'd gone for the attack. But they just seemed to sit back and soak it up again, just like the Germany game. Um, but this time, you know, I mean, Costa Rica, <laughs> Costa Rica were doing a Japan, actually. I mean, Costa Rica didn't get over the halfway line much. And uh, they allowed Japan to take their little goal kicks and play the ball around at the back, just like Japan allowed Germany to do that in their first game. And it was obvious that uh, the manager was waiting to bring on uh, Asano, uh, Mitoma, Ito in the second half, which he did. Um, but Japan just didn't get the ball to them. They just kept passing it back and across the field. And uh, we saw it uh, towards the end when Mitoma did get the ball twice and he created two chances as he got into the box and pulled it back. Yeah, It's going to be hard to criticise the coach, though, Alan, is it? after that win on Wednesday against Germany, a seismic result. I mean, you've been covering Japanese... Uh, football for a very long time now. What was the reaction in Japan to that victory? I think uh, we were in raptures. Uh, it was uh, quite uh, unexpected for, for most. Um, and uh, I think Japan losing 1-0 to Canada in a you know a warm-up training match, for want of a better word, with, with basically the second team starting just before the World Cup. Uh, if you just looked at the result, uh, a lot of the Japanese people did see the result and they lost 1-0. And I think it helped to bring the expectation down a little bit. And then uh, the Germany game was was great and, and the result was amazing and all the players were all over TV and the front page of the newspapers, etc. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the cynics in Japan and especially the, the English language speaking ones that I, I read a lot of and tried to reply to uh, were basically, yeah, yeah, he, he was terrible in the first half and lucky in the second. But no, I think... <laughs> The ball went to plan. But today, uh, I think Costa Rica did a Japan on us and uh, it didn't go to plan. Uh, for me, I'm not knocking the, the manager too much. Uh, he did what he needed to do. He, uh, he soaked up the pressure. He brought on the players he wanted to bring on. And then uh, Captain Yoshida, of all people, made the error at the back. And Costa Rica's first shot of the World Cup, I think the only shot of the World Cup so far, was just that you know one inch too high for the keeper and uh, changed the whole game. Yeah, I think the keeper could have done better. But uh, how football mad are the Japanese, Alan, during a World Cup? Are they sort of frenzied? Is it a general big thing in all the papers and the media? Or is it slightly lo more low-key? No, it's, they're, they're absolutely nuts. I mean, all the, the Japanese television is uh, is strange enough as it is. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if you can compare it to anything on British TV. But every channel seems to have, for example, a two or three hour special. Uh, variety program, for want of a better word, where in, in England you'd probably have uh, two or three guys on there and maybe uh, a guest singer just for a little bit of a flair. But in Japan, there's like uh, 23 singers and one transvestite and one newsreader from 30 years ago. And, uh, I mean, one cooking expert. And they're all talking about 
Japanese football as if they were all experts. And, you know, it's, it's but it's really incredible. It's on every channel. Um, and the fact, uh, the fact that it's in, in the winter and there's no baseball is helping as well because baseball is huge in Japan. But I mean, the World Cup comes along and Japan, they have the expectations and then winning against Germany. I mean, the, the, the country went nuts for a few days and now I think they'll be coming down to earth and we'll see, we'll see what the TV programs do to, uh, to turn us around and turn people against uh, or for the, the manager again. Uh, we spoke the other day about um, the psychic otter um, Tayo, the psychic otter. I don't know if you saw this story, Alan. Who uh, uh, from a view uh, from a, a zoo, I think uh, the Maxell Aqua Park, and he predicted that Japan would beat Germany. I don't know if he uh, attempted a prediction on uh, this game today. Apparently, he didn't. Apparently, he retired uh, with a hundred percent record, and uh, <laughs> he didn't do anything on him. It was quite, you know, there was a, a few tweets and social media things about saying that the otter had either declined against it or the, the zoo or the, the aqua park, or whatever it is, had uh, decided they didn't want all that publicity, especially if Japan lost or the, or the otter went against Japan. I was looking up the flight times, Alan, between Doha and Tokyo, and it's, it's a 13-hour flight. It's a long flight, and yet there, are, there were literally thousands of yeah. Japanese fans there. I mean, it's, that's quite a pilgrimage. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was that long, but... Um, it's uh, well, yeah, I guess with the current troubles, there is you have to go the long way around, perhaps. But, um, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, Japan, I, I traveled, uh, well, I can go back to 1997 when I went to see Japan play in Malaysia, uh, where they won on the golden goal to qualify for the 1998 World Cup. It was a, a 20,000 stadium, and I think there were 19,998 Japanese and, and two local Iranians there. I mean, 20,000 people had flown to, to Singapore or Malaysia across the border. And it was a hell of a night. And then I, I've seen Japan in various countries around the world. Even, even uh, 2012, I think I went to see uh, Japan play Belgium and Holland. And they, they got a draw and a win in that tour as well. And there were like, there were literally like seven or 8,000 Japanese there for uh, 10 days in the middle of when they should have been working. <laughs> so def definitely they're, they're ready to travel. I mean, it, it's not a poor nation. Uh, the yen is extremely weak right now, so kudos to some of these people who have probably lost about 40% of their money. But uh, uh, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, all I could hear in the stadium was Japan, you know, the, the, the drums play people around behind the uh, behind the goals. They were going nuts and I could hear it. So they were behind the team and in their thousands, as you said, yeah. So um, there's been a lot of focus over here on uh, the team and the fans off the field. Uh, already we're seeing images from uh, the stadium after the Costa Rica game of the Japan fans with their, the bin bags they brought themselves, clearing up their section of the crowd. There was a, a lot of play made of the Japanese team leaving the dressing room after the Germany game in good condition. Seven origami birds, cranes left um, for the people who work at the stadium. I mean, culturally, you know, you understand how this works and it's probably nothing new. Is there a bit of a surprise in Japan that everybody around the world is surprised that they do this? Uh, I, you, you're hitting a nerve on, in, in me uh, here because uh, back, back, well, since 1998, Japan has always done this, uh, especially at the World Cup. And, and they don't do it for the cameras. They, they just do it. It's when they're, shall we say, when they're out and about in somewhere else that doesn't belong to them personally they take great care of it and they leave it as they found it or as they'd wish to find it but if you go out in the street and you know tonight in the town there'll be uh, there'll be pet bottles and cigarettes everywhere and salary men throwing up in the streets i mean <laughs> it's it's like 
I, I, you know, I get quite irritated about it because uh, I, I see the opposite over here. So sorry, Japanese people who are listening, but clean up yourselves uh, in your own country. <laughs> That's very interesting. Good stuff, Adam. Look, uh, love it. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And uh, yes, hope they can uh, they can get through to the next stage. Pleasure was all yours. Here's <laughs> Alan. Thanks. No, apparently the Welsh and English fans are bringing a dustpan and brush and Hoover to the next game. They're really a Henry bringing their own Henry and a, and a small generator. You can probably get in with a small generator and a Henry Hoover, but you can't get not if it's wearing a if it's got like a little pride uh, bucket hat on. Uh, it, it certainly won't get won't get in then. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup podcast from Talksport. Sport. Well, a very enjoyable game, I think, between uh, Germany and Spain to conclude uh, Sunday's four games. And uh, we thought we would talk a bit of Spain there after that uh, exciting one-all draw with a man we often turn to on the show, uh, Spanish uh, Football Matters, uh, one of the talk sport commentators, Spanish football expert, Alvaro Romeo. Alvaro, good afternoon. Or oh, Sorry, I keep saying that. I keep thinking I'm working in the afternoon. Um, hello. <laughs> good to talk to you. Very good to talk to you. It's dark in the afternoon, anyway, dark in the evening. It's dark every time now in the UK, so you can yes. say good afternoon That's, if you like it. That true. is very true. So, um, how are you feeling after that game? Is that Germany had the, the last big chance of the match. They did create some chances in the second half. You, you're relieved? You're happy with 1-1 considering or not? Uh, both of them. Uh, I am happy with the 1-1 and I am relieved as well because I think that Germany in the second half uh, could have scored more goals. Unai Simon had to do a very good save during the game. And uh, generally speaking, Spain lost a little bit of control in the second half, especially after Alvaro Morata scored. Uh, strangely, that goal didn't help Spain dominate the game. It was Germany who... Obviously, they were against the ropes. Um, they started taking more risks, attacking more, and then they had a few chances before uh, Fulkrug scored that goal. And um, I would say that Spain was happy with the result, considering because now the combinations are quite favorable for Spain. At the end of the day, with the win, they will be first. They will top the group. With the draw, they are through. And even losing, uh, they are very likely to go through as well. Yeah, they've got that big seven-goal goal difference, and that makes mm. all the difference. Uh, but it's still alive for all four teams, I suppose, in, in a way. But obviously, Spain, it, they look favourites in their hands. Yes, they do. And I think that Spain is, um, is happy to reach this stage, uh, being a favourite, because coming into the World Cup, there were a few doubts about the youth of the squad, about uh, how Spain was going to compare with some other uh, confederations clubs or teams, like for example Japan or Costa Rica, you know, too many uncertainties as well, the manager Luis Enrique is doing a very good job, but he doesn't have all the backing from the press so it was very important for Spain to qualify as soon as possible in my, in my eyes they are almost qualified 95% and this is going to take a lot of pressure off the players, but I can't stop for, uh, thinking that uh, the last time that Spain qualified after two games was in World Cup 2006, and then we lost in the knockout stages straight, straight away in the last 16 rounds. So I think that it's good that Spain has almost qualified now, but at the same time, they will have to approach uh, you know, whatever comes in the future very carefully because the second half today wasn't too promising. He would have liked to have just put out a, well, not a second string, but he would have liked to have played a few more players that hadn't started games so far if you'd got the six points. But looking at Japan, uh, you know, it's going to be a very different uh, game to the Germany game. And I think the way they play, probably play into Spain's hands, whoever they put out. Yes, I think so. I think that Japan is going to 
have to attack, number one. Uh, then sometimes they are missing a little bit of cutting edge. I don't understand the, some of the selections of the Japanese manager ahead of today's game against Costa Rica. And I think that Spain, you know, can capitalize from the doubts of Japan. Uh, they will spread out and open up at some point because uh, they have to make sure that they score, that they, they win if they can. And I think that Spain can capitalize from that. But anyway, it's uh, also interesting the game against Japan to see how Luis Enrique is going to uh, approach it because I know that Spain will try to win it because they want to top the group but uh, is he going to do too many changes uh, to the lineup because so far in this World Cup he has only fielded 15 players uh, he had made only one change to the starting lineup against Costa Rica so you know Luis Enrique was a very big fan of rotation in the definitely in the World Cup qualification process but right now uh, not so many players are playing so that's going to be interesting to see if any other player let's say maybe Ansu Fati Marcos Llorente can have a chance just to catch the eye of the manager if they draw with Japan, it makes it very hard for Germany, and that would be a, a good advantage. You'd quite like to see Germany go out the tournament, but uh, it's interesting. They're probably Germany are favourite, aren't they, to finish second behind Spain? I think that Germany are. They have to be. At the end of the day, they are playing against Costa Rica. I'm sure that Germany, um, they're going to go full attack against the Ticos, uh, but uh, Costa Rica wasn't as bad as uh, they saw in the first game against Spain. I think that Spain scored seven goals with eight shots on target. This is very unusual, uh, even in um, a tournament of the level of a World Cup. But yeah, generally speaking, I think that Germany are going to beat Costa Rica and Spain, I am assuming that they are going to beat Japan, but this is just an assumption based on what, what I have seen so far. So, you know, I think that Eventually, Germany is going to qualify. The, the, the draw they got against Spain was gold uh, because at some point they were virtually out of the tournament. But, you know, I think that Hansi Flick did a very good job. Um, the substitutions worked for Germany. The goal was very nice. Before the goal, Jamal Musiala had a one-on-one -on -one with Unai Simon as well. Then Leroy Sané in the last minute, he had another one. So, you know, I think that Germany should take the positives. And Spain too. Spain in the first half was very good against, against uh, Germany too. Yeah, uh, Andy was just Rudy making go, the point. Yeah, Andy, sorry, Andy was just making the point, Alvaro, that that Morata is a, a great striker when he doesn't have to think too much. I can think of others. Robbie Keane was the same. He gave him too much time to think about it. Just an instinctive striker. His record in tournaments is pretty good, isn't he? he? Does tend to score goals when he plays for Spain in tournaments. Yes, absolutely, and I totally agree with that definition of Alvaro Morata because I think that uh, he is a player that whenever he has the time to think, I think that something goes uh, in his mind and probably he's getting a mental block and that doesn't help him. But when he has to do things quickly, react, instinct, just uh, get uh, before the opponent to one ball as uh, he did in today's goal, then he's a very good striker because he's very fast. He can get to places before some other players and that is giving him a competitive advantage and is putting him before the defender to take the shot. Um, but I would say that uh, probably Luis Enrique is the biggest uh, the, the person that defends more Alvaro Morata, the biggest believer in Álvaro Morata. And Álvaro Morata also feels that when he plays for Atlético de Madrid, he knows that his place is not guaranteed. And he knows that uh, Simeone plays Álvaro Morata because uh, Atlético de Madrid couldn't find any other striker. But Luis Enrique could have used any other striker and he chose Álvaro Morata. He's the only referential nine in the Spanish national side right now because the other players, the other attacking forwards of Spain, they are not number nines. So Álvaro Morata knows that Luis Enrique trusts him 
And uh, with Spain, so far, he's uh, doing well. I mean, not only this tournament, but in Euro 2020, he was also phenomenal as well. Mm. He has scored 29 goals with Spain. He's not too far off from David Villa, the all-time top scorer for Spain. So I think that his record with Spain is pretty decent. Yes. Um, now, you've mentioned the, the uh, Luis Enrique's relationship with some of the press, especially the Madrid press. They never forgave him for leaving Madrid and going to Barca. But he has been trying to, not building bridges with them, who he always takes on. But he's been doing this Twitch thing, Alvaro, hasn't he? He's basically been there to chat to the fans around the games live, which is quite a bold thing to do. he had an affliction, do. sorry. <laughs> quite a bold thing to do during a tournament. It is, uh, it is. Let's call it unusual. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun, really. I'm watching all these Twitch sessions of Luis Enrique every morning. It's my guilty pleasure in the morning, having my morning coffee. And I tell you what, Luis Enrique is so relaxed that at the end, he's giving you so much information. Really, to start with, he admitted that Ferran Torres is having a relationship with his daughter, something that we knew, but he never spoke about. And I tell you, no journalist would have dared to do that question to him. And uh, he's explaining the routines of the team, how they do it, what do they eat, how do they train, um, things that are pretty interesting. I think that uh, I'm getting plenty of information from Luis Enrique's Twitch, and uh, maybe uh, a big chunk of the Spanish press is not happy with Luis Enrique because he doesn't offer or he doesn't give individual interviews to media outlets. But uh, the young fan base is becoming a bigger and a bigger fan of Luis Enrique because he's basically answering the questions of uh, football fans, normally uh, in the age bracket of 15 to 30, I want to think, because this is Twitch, a platform for young people. And I think that there is a very big young fan base in Spain who is becoming an adept, a fan of Luis Enrique. Excellent. Alvaro, great to talk to you. Hopefully we'll catch up with you later in the tournament. Thanks, Thanks for joining it's, us. It's been a pleasure. Take care. There we are, Alvaro Romao, Spanish football expert. Yes, I didn't realise Luis Enrique is a twitcher. Apparently he spotted a grebe this morning just over the hotel. There we are. Yes, beautiful. So you've been, it's really for the kids, Andy, but you brought it back to bird watching. Which <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Honestly, Harry Kane, he was asked about it. He went, uh, not a bad result against the US. I was thinking, well, it was a bad performance. It wasn't, yeah, it probably was a draw was okay, but in the end, it, it, they deserved to win. They so. don't seem to be panicking. They all seem quite chilled about it. And, um, you know, I, I just I think this him... thing about Foden is the oddest thing. I mean, the, Southgate after the game, when he said that, it was just the maddest thing. Oh, we didn't want to bring him on in the middle. Bring him on for Saka, who's useless mm. for an hour. I didn't get that. I just don't, you know, that's where he plays for City. I, I, it's strange managers ever think about players, but he's hardly played for England and he's a brilliant player. Quite interesting. Wayne Rooney saying today they should they should rest Kane, maybe. He's, he has played a lot of football. I mean, even to the point where he had to play against Forest yeah, in the I think league. Wilson, I think Wilson will be useful against Wales. I yeah. do. I agree with that, but he won't. He, he, has, he isn't strong enough, and Harry Kane isn't the sort of player that will say, you know, will accept it. He no, but you, he, could, he could be on the bench. If you need him, you can bring him on. But I, t- I tend to agree, you know, it's, it's unlikely. Wales haven't looked like a team we're going to get four goals uh, against England so so far. I mean, Patrick for Kiefer Moore. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> Cut to. <laughs> John Hartson's exploded. <laughs> 
cut to Tuesday night. That's exactly what's going to happen, isn't it? I couldn't believe it when the fifth goal went in. We'll get Cliff Jones on on Wednesday. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be one of the greatest nights in Welsh football ever. If only Keane had started. Um, anyway, let's look at Monday's games, Andy, so I can work out a proper schedule for you to take all these four matches in as you're just loving the four matches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to kick off to, on Monday morning with uh, Cameroon versus Serbia. It's a good time to do the shopping. Yeah, okay. Then it's uh, South Korea v Ghana at one o'clock. No. Um, silence here. Brazil, Switzerland. <laughs> have a chance to see Brazil against the yeah. Swiss at four always o'clock. Good. Brazil in a World Cup, they're always yeah. worth watching. And what, on paper, a very entertaining game Monday evening. Portugal versus Uruguay. Yeah. yeah. I could just watch the second half of all of them. And I'd, I'd be... Well, you could, or you can put your back into it. It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> So there we are. There's, there's uh, your day's viewing sorted. And we'll uh, reconvene uh, on Monday to uh, reflect on those games. We're going to be looking at them from a South American perspective. And uh, we'll have other top guests joining us. And we'll be uh, taking a look at all the big stories of the day as well. So, but for now, that is us. Enjoy Monday's games. Lovely. And uh, we will catch up with you for a debrief tomorrow. Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 